Blog Talk Radio. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard, and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio in Oklahoma and the surrounding areas. Stephen just messaged me. He's going to be uh, four minutes late, just as an FYI for for you, Marty. It is Tuesday, August 31st, once again, 2021. Gosh, we're coming into the fall. That's going to be really nice. One of my, if not the favorite, uh, time of the year for me. It's nice to talk about some things that feel good, um, just a little bit at least, especially when we are going to get into a subject that does not feel good, and it especially does not feel good to those that it is happening to. We have a very important subject uh, tonight that we're going to talk about. Many of you have already seen the promo out there. But for those of you that have not, tonight's special broadcast is about guardianship abuse, the effect on families, who is victim, and who is responsible for this and more. Marty Oakley, owner of TS Radio Network and host, has been a longtime advocate uh, in the guardianship abuse world, Okay. Um, through public outreach, through solving problems, and she has a regular panel at the Whistleblower, Annual Whistleblower Summit in Washington, D.C. That's an annual summit. We also have Cause on with us tonight, and Cause and Marty do a phenomenal show. Uh, and I'm not sure if Cause actually does give up her last name, that that's going to be up to her to give up, because some don't, just because of the fear of retribution that is very, very real. So that'll be up to cause to decide uh, when I welcome her on. But uh, again, we welcome Marty and other experts tonight. Um, I know that cause is one of them. I'm not sure if we're going to have a couple of others that we're expecting, but I'll let Marty uh, address that in just a minute. Uh, But we're going to talk about constitutional violations. We're going to talk about kidnap and even murder of our elderly and disabled, not to mention some that are claimed by the state to be disabled only to profit from, under siege by professional predators operating as guardians and attorneys. Families are devastated, not only financially, but emotionally. How does this impact families? How does it impact the victim? How does it impact society? And Is this a similar issue as with DHHS and CPS, the Department of Health and Human Services and Child Protection Services, when this type of criminal malfeasance has been engaged? Mind you, DHHS has done great things and so has CPS done great things to help many, many families. But in the same token, it's very, very important to recognize that as with um, el- you know, the eldership issue in our country, that 
bad things happen when there's conflict of interest, when there's no oversight by the people, and where there's abuses of power. How can it happen? Why is this happening? What happens when family or trusted loved ones, matriarchs and patriarchs, actually might not have the best interest at heart and maybe in the glory hog role, glory hog, if you listen to Marty, Marty's shows, Marty and Cod talk about glory hog. Uh, okay, Stephen Burke has us on in Oklahoma. So thank you, Stephen, for letting us know that. Um, are, are there are some in the glory hog roles or playing a criminal part through their assignments as trustees or been given power of attorney? What are the remedies to help these situations that have gone wrong by design or simply gone wrong? What can we do as individuals and, and others from these crimes on humanity? All right, so before I get started, um, my mom I know is, well, she might be listening tonight. Um, she, she's a great support in New Hampshire, and I love her to no end. And she listens a lot, even into wee hours. So thank you, Mom, for listening and being such a tremendous support. I love you, as always. Um, so I'd like to introduce Marty. And Marty really um, often does not need an introduction, but out of courtesy to Marty. Marty, how are you tonight? And thank you for, uh, uh, for doing this show and sharing it on, you know, on, on the forum that I have. That you know, for those that don't actually follow all of your shows, might be missing this very important show. I think most people that follow my shows are definitely following yours. Uh, you know, because you've built you've but, built yeah. the station. But that being said, how are you tonight? And can you talk a little bit about you, your advocacy, um, and and your place in this world of the guardianship views and what you continually do? And then, cause I'm going to ask you uh, to do the same, please. Yeah. Well, like I say, I've been doing this. I think 14 years. Uh, it all started with Sarah and Gary Harvey out of New York, and she was the first person I ever interviewed on guardianship abuse, and I actually came off that interview mad as a hornet because I thought I'd been skinned. I thought, this lady is lying to me. This didn't happen. She must have done something, the same thing many people think. So doing what I do best, which is research, I dug in, and it took me three days, and when I resurfaced, I had to call Sarah in tears and apologize i had no idea this was going on this is got to be one of the most corrupt inhumane insidious things ever devised and it has been going on for thousands of years going clear back to the romans and even trace back as far as the sumerians mostly it was aimed at women and as Marcia Southwick and I talked about on our show recently, up until 1920 in this country, could not directly inherit money or property. They had to have a man guardian, had to be an attorney, an, aunt, uh, an uncle, a cousin, a brother, a husband. But women could not inherit directly. And this was a form of guardianship. But this has been done historically when people with more power than the average person decided they wanted property or goods that someone else had or if they just wanted to get them out of the way. And in modern days, since we have become a country, um, this initially was viewed by our newly created Senate 
as a form of personage committed by members of what we now know as the Bar Association. And, of mm-hmm. course, guardianship means that you lose your legal capacity. You, they immediately, and they have to, we'll talk about this later, they have to immediately strip you of your name, your identity, and all of your rights so that you become a unit or a piece of merchandise. You are a thing, and you are not recognized under the law because they've taken that all away from you. And it's a, it's a tricky system. It's all built on what's called word art, legalese, which is actually considered a foreign language, and most people don't understand it. When it comes to public corruption, we see that all all around us. Is that correct? Yes. Word art. Yes. Yeah, word art. And um, but this is this goes on constantly, and every year this guardianship racket, and this is racketeering by any defamation. This is racketeering relieves elderly people in this country of between 5 and $10 billion worth of personal assets, and they're converted over. It is the largest transfer of wealth ever devised, and it goes on every day. The recent movie, I Care A Lot, on Netflix, opened a lot of people's eyes, and then it was followed with Britney Spears' ordeal. And people say, well, that's just because she has a lot of money. This happened to Shell Nichols, who was Lieutenant O'Hara on Star Trek, in the same situation. Uh, I can't remember, Lund, his last name is Lund, he's the grandson. Yeah, but um, he's the grandson of Walt Disney. Um, just got done out of $200 million because he has a slight uh, disability. He's got a little bit of Down syndrome, very affable young man, and, uh, but that's $200 million he'll never see. And, but this goes on all the time. Now, lest anybody should think, well, I must be safe because I don't have any millions of dollars. And I don't <laughs> have any, but understand something. You alone, if, if you're eligible for Social Security and you've got or maybe you've got a disability and you're on disability or maybe you, you just need help, you might be conserved, but you alone in your local community can be worth a million dollars a year in services, funding, all kinds of benefits that are out there. And we have, uh, bring her up constantly, that predator running up there in Detroit now has 1,700 wards, all of them on Social Security and or VA and or railroad retirement. She takes all their money, makes herself the assigned payee, and she gives them a little bit of money and stashes them in one of her uninspected residential homes where five people burned to death here two or three years ago, and she never saw a day in jail. And they just keep giving her more. But this is a system of human ownership. It is a perverse form of human trafficking. People say it can't be trafficking because it doesn't involve sex. Sometimes it does. But trafficking doesn't have to involve sex. Trafficking can involve, okay. involve many, any number of things. Okay, thank, thank you, Marty. We're going to dive a whole lot deeper into this. And right before I bring Cause in to, to introduce herself, you know, I'm just going to um, give some food for thought for the, that, you know, we can also address 
um, during the show because, you know, we are talking about public corruption, about power of abuse and whatnot. Uh, But what about those also that might not? have anything to do with with the with the government or with you know cps in that instance or you know that's trying to you know uh commit elder abuse through you know publicly you know high stain everything that you own but what but can't this actually happen just in family uh situations on it on its own doesn't this happen with family situations on its own just say somebody might yeah. have early that early onset dementia, and that's taken advantage of. You know, there are people that are just constantly in front of them, constantly in front of them, constantly in front of them. So this is not only a um, a, abuse by the government. Sadly, and some and uh, and uh, and as you know, Marty, as you know, cause much better than I do. Um, but you've also schooled me, you know, through listening to some of your shows, which I should listen to every single one, every chance I get. But thank goodness the archives are there. That this also happens um, from, you know, family members, you know, and uh, and that does happen. Take advantage and suddenly everything needs to be set. And then, okay, now let's deem this person incompetent or now that this person is under my, uh, under my, you know, whatever is hypnotized is, you know, to believe and trust mm-hmm. me, you, you, you know, I've got yeah. control over this situation. Um, yeah. And it leaves others to hurt very, very much if there are other people in the family. And it's also financial and, and physical abuse um, on that, that person well, alone. So before, it does, it does happen. It does happen. Uh, that family members, sometimes even community members, but at, on a percentage basis, these account for maybe 4 to 5% of all the cases across the country. And believe me, okay. if any guardian gets wind that there is something going on in a the family, they will nosedive in there, and the next thing you know, you're all in probate, and the person is declared incompetent, and you're all out of, out of the picture. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just simply a matter of changing of the guard. It's only a crime if you do it. If they do it, it's because they care a lot about their wards. You know, they exactly. they just care so much for them. It's just a changing of the guard. Who's going to get the goods? And um, okay. once you engage the probate court, and it's actually a tribunal, but once you engage it, you you might as well hang it up and walk away because they will lie. They will, the, And the judge is pivotal. Everything is facilitated by that judge. Everything. And, and the everybody's making money. As you have said. Yes. Can you share that? Yes. Well, actually, we're going to get back to that. We're going to get back to that. So that's, that's absolutely huge, huge to know. Um, thank you, Marty. I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but 1% is too many because um, that, that pain that is there, you know, and the confusion for the victim, you know, the actually uh, the elder person and, and, you know, the turning of family members against each other yeah. is, is absolutely a but, horrifying but Tanya, abuse or in itself. Tanya, yeah. the, the family member or community, uh, someone in the community, you'll see those instances blown all over the headlines everywhere. And of yet we have will. these predators running that have hundreds of, of complaints against them, and you won't hear a word. You won't see a word. But then this is how they convince the public, well, it's family. This is why we need professional guardians. It's the family that's doing this, or it's their neighbors that were doing this. No, it isn't. But anyway, go well, ahead. And it's, and it's usually probably other family members that wouldn't put their family 
you know, their parent through that by making it public um, just because, number one, like you just explained, that what good does it do? Because then you've got, you know, somebody else is taking it over. And I just want to clarify to our listeners, it does not mean that everything that touches probate court, not everything that touches probate court turns bad or wrong. Because we, we can't say that across the board. We, 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 we just can't. Because there really are some good judges, some good wards out there. But it is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. So uh, before I ask cause to introduce herself, uh, I would like to also say that this show is brought to you uh, by also by Marcel Reed and the with annual Whistleblower Summit. I apologize, Marty, I didn't bring that up earlier. You know, given your you know your alignment or relationship, and I've been you know uh, privileged enough to you know to get to know um, some of the, some of that group and to be a part of it from time to time. So thank you very much uh, to Marcel Reed. Uh, as well um, uh, for uh, being such a supporter of, of, of this huge cause. Cause, cause and cause. Yes. Hi. Hi. To the show. Hi there. Can you introduce yourself and, and let us know some of your history, what brings you here, and, you know, what your mission is. Oh, I would love to. And so my name is Kaz Scaife. It's all right to know my last name. And I have been, we first got into the guardianship thing in 2008 when it happened to my uncle who had never been married and, or had, you know, children, but he was in a partnership with uh, a man named Bob for about 30 years. And I, without telling the whole story, I think that would take up the whole show, but we were, we were, you know, in and out of the probate. And at first when you go in, you think this is the law, this is, you know, how things go, and then you see everything go wrong. And at that point, you're just like, wait, this this is not right. This is against the Constitution. And at that point, I started Googling, and I found the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse, and that really helped explain a lot of what was going on. Now, we were still in and out of court trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. Yep, NASGA, N-A-S-G-A, National Association Stop Guardianship Abuse, and the website is stopguardianshipabuse.org. So there you can spend weeks on that website. There are so many victim stories there. Harvey Witten is my uncle, and his story is there, so you can read all about it. To save time, there's been articles at Rebel Pundit, at the Pocono Times, lots of NASGA stuff. We got to talk with Netflix when they were doing Dirty Money, when they were doing some of the other stuff. They ended up not running the show. But what's really unique about where uh, Harvey was basically trapped in the guardianship, it was in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And there are a lot of victims in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. It's a very wealthy suburb outside of Philadelphia. And because of Facebook, and there was a Facebook um account called Boomers Against Elder Abuse, where we found some of the other victim families, and that was Marcia Southwick ran that great Facebook page with over 100,000 likes on there. We all started to found, find each other. And there, right now, there is a Facebook page called Shenanigans in the Montgomery County, Pennsylvania Courthouse. There are now, the man who's running Shenanigans has the, uh, um, what do they call? Oh, court records of about 200 families that have been entrapped in 
Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I personally know 20 some of those families and I do, I could get access to some of the court records if I had asked. And I do believe that NASCA has the court records, that they have them. And I know of an attorney that I had hired that has those court records as well. But there's about 200 of them, 200 different victims. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's super disgusting. It's not every county. I live personally in Dane County, Wisconsin, and I don't know of any 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 bad incident here in Dane County, Wisconsin. Now, what they do is they rotate the judges. But in Wisconsin, I do know of bad stories that are in some of the smaller communities in Wisconsin, and that's when there's just one judge. And we had the hotel heiress, and we had that story that we ran on our show that we did on that we do on Friday. We ran that show, and so we are seeing in like smaller communities when there's just one judge, they're going to like run the little racketeering. In, for example, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, that's a big a big county, and they are really they are a well oiled machine pulling this racket off and Unfortunately, many of us who are the victim families we don't just believe that our loved one was put in guardianship and robbed. we believe they were murdered they are they are isolated they are medicated with overdose medications with our loved one. It was five milligrams of halidol every day. I have all the court records to prove all this. It was one of the things that we were screaming about and it was a judge named Judge Stanley Ott who facilitates this and this was not me who coined this term, but it's a great term and we call the guardians and the judges and everyone and the lawyers who are running these rackets in Montgomery County, we call them the ot holes based on just Stanley oh, Ott oh, 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 oh. and Mary Brand, Mary Brand I mean, of ot holes. Actually, it's not funny. It, it's not, it, it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be funny if it wasn't so tragic. So I apologize for, la- for laughing. But, no, it, oh, it, it's okay. You know, sometimes you just, you just have, you can't be so serious all the time because it's a very, it's very serious situation. Most of us have legal abuse syndrome. It's a form of PTSD. The things that are done to us in these courts that are done to the victim's families. I sat on a stand for about six hours one time in, in our kangaroo courts. And I mean, just basically, according to them, I'm, you know, one of the worst people to ever walk the face of the earth. And it was actually said that I pretty much shouldn't have ever been a parent. My children don't agree with that. I've grown children, but that was said to me in court. And it's, it's very brutal, but what's done what's done to everybody i've been bullied and told not to speak out about it but here i am and uh-huh. it's it's just it's just disgusting it's just disgusting it's a form of racketeering yeah there are, there yeah. are dangers that, that yeah. happen i'm uh, whistleblowing no no doubt yeah when i meet people and i tell them and i tell them the story i say you know what i'm going to tell you a story and you can either decide if I am a compulsive liar, I'm like a fantasy Floyd, like I just live in some fantasy world and I'm just feeding you something, or I'm telling you the truth. And I tell the story and I also give the different websites, especially NASGA, which is that the, the premier location to go to find out more about what's going on with guardianship abuse. I give them those websites. And I've had people come back and tell me, I totally thought you were lying because I thought you like we're just telling some crazy lie. And then I looked up those websites and I have been able to do the radio show with Marty for a little over two years now. And I, 
I always say I'm riding Marty's coattails, and I thank her so much for letting me do it. And it's just my way of hoping to help expose this and make a difference so that no one else has to go through something like this. And um, Harvey has since has been, he's no longer with us. So I just hope that as I keep exposing it, that it can stop for another family and that nobody else has to go through it. It's, I can't even describe what it's like because it's so crazy that basically the government, the United States government, because these are judges that get yeah. paid by the U.S. This is the United States. Whether they are being corrupt or not, we've gone to the FBI. We've gone every place that we can go, and no one seems to care. Therefore, I can only believe that the United States government is okay with this and that this is happening to our citizens. And I'm going to give a quick, a quick story about Harvey. He was a Korean War vet. When he was 19 years old, he was over in Korea, and he held young soldiers as they died. He was a medic. And it bothered him often. Why? Why did I? Why am I still alive? And those and many of them died. And his biggest fear in life would be to die alone. So when he got out of Korea, he actually went back. He came back here to the United States, and he went around and traveled the country to find all the young men's families of who died in his arms. And he said to those families, "I'm going to try to try." Your son didn't die alone. I was there. I was with him. And it was just, you know, it, it's so tragic. All the, the, what goes on the in the military. Very yeah. Story like that. And, and yet he, that he, that was his story as a Korean War vet. That was his story that dying wow. alone was, was going to be terrible. And then he was sentenced to that very thing that he was against by Judge Stanley Ott and the Montgomery County Ott Holes. That is what they did to a Korean war vet. Okay. Well, th- thank wow. you for sharing. That. Um, and th- sticking with it. That's, that's a huge wow. That's a huge wow. Before we bring um, an, another absolute warrior and expert on this subject on, uh, Marsha, uh, Marsha Southwick, who I've had the pleasure of, of, of meeting at, at the whistleblower summit and rooming with, you know, we all had pillow fights together. Marty, didn't we? Um, and we'll <laughs> we have did. the blank. We're also going to have Lisa Blanger on, too, uh, shortly. But before I do that, I have two takeaways um, from some of the things that you just shared, Cause You know, one is, you know, that you hear about that 4 to 5%, but based on what you and Marty have just shared, it's kind of like, you know what, you got 4 to 5% of the victims of guardianship abuse and the families that are victims of the guardianship abuse where um, where it's actually family members or community member that's uh, infiltrating um, and 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 taking advantage of um, or you know uh, uh, of uh, a position that they've been put in or hijacked positions uh, when initially those weren't plans to begin in any and any one of those situations okay just you know, whatever it may be okay um that 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 being said um my takeaway regarding that one of the two things that i'm going to you know say right now is if that's happening to a family then you know what just leave it you leave it alone you leave it alone because it would be worse and it could be worse forgive me it's emotional for me but it could be worse if it wound up in somebody else's hands now, unless somebody is physically being starved 
or or physically being punched, abused, kept in, you know, a little closet somewhere, you know, then you just need to let it be. You just need to accept the situation and just be as good of a as good of an ambassador in, in, um, in, in the relationship between you and your loved ones. That is, if you have access to them, while you have access to them, as you possibly can be, because it could get worse if you think it's bad right now. That's number one. Number two, forgive me for that. It is emotional. I see it happening to so many people, and it just, I don't know, call me emotional, but that's what I am. Um, and, and number two is what I see happening in all these instances of public abuse, of, of, um, of, uh, of, of the uh, of, uh, you know abusing the, the power that they have of you know hijacking heisting that it you know we can all tell the same stories that actually knows this really happens and it can it happens in probate court okay and this is regarding no guardianships at all at times okay it happens in probate court but it's well linked together it happens in wrongful convictions it happens in over sentencing it happens in family court it happens in with CPS it happens in DHHS it happens with just about any kind of an agency in the situation where there's emoluments, okay, where where there is uh, overpower of of uh, of these public agencies, it happens with the bar association, which is a private entity which has no right whatsoever, uh, being what they're doing, what they do because they don't do what they want you to believe that they do, as well as judicial oversight committees. That so you want to know. Those that are out there that say, no, that's not true, you must have a screw loose, or how can that happen? Well, it happens because it happens. But then people say, but that's illegal. Yeah, how can they do that? Because they can, because they do, because mm-hmm. there has not yet been a problem that has been solved. There has not been a problem that, that has been solved, and that is where each and every one of you that are listening right now that has the druthers, that has the wherewithal, that that is getting just a little bit fired up over these facts, where you can, you know, you can fact check with the real people, with the real people that are actually going through this, rather than those that are, or that are creating fake fact checking. Okay, uh, you, you, the resources are there. Uh, I encourage you to, um, you know, go on ppjg.me, and that's Marty Oakley's webpage. And, you know, there's all kinds of contact information there, and there's all kinds of verification. There's great articles. There's great subjects. But if you're just thinking that all this is is hot air, and most of you don't, most of you are on here because you know better already, okay, but you want to learn more, um, the, the resources are there. How can that happen? We want to know that too. How can that happen? How can that continue to happen? Well, it's groups like these. And the annual the annual whistleblower summit, you know, that they're working to create change, create change. It's pretty hard to create change when you actually have to engage with people that have created the malfeasance to begin with. But we have to believe that there are good representatives out there that are willing to help, and we need to get rid of the bad ones. All right. So, um, Marcia Southwick has now been brought Hi. live. Hi, Marcia. How well, are you? Just to please introduce Good. How yourself. are you? How are you great. doing? Good. I'm, I'm great. I'm sorry. Just to, a just to follow, just to follow up 
just to follow up on what you said about there are good people out there who are really interested in reform. They really are. And there are people in, in professions that you wouldn't think would, would be interested, you know. It's like when you're a really great doctor, you don't want to put up with the bad doctors. You you don't want to see people, uh, plastic surgeons out there for, you know, creating nightmares. You're If you're a great plastic surgeon, you want to help people. It's the same thing. Um, people are really interested in reform. They're out there. They've been working on it forever. And they're, you know, and they, 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 they do a lot of work. And then, of course, they have to say, well, okay, the hard part is getting the courts to do it, you know. So it's a it's not an easy thing, but people do have to have to come together and really try for reform just because it's not going away. It's not going to be abolished. This thing guardianship is not going to go away because it's been around for so long in order to be a safety net. You know, if you pull it, let's say you just tore it all down right now, you'd be pulling a safety net out for some people. You know, there are people who are in comas and things like that. Right. And there are people who really do need, uh, they aren't capable, but that's probably about 5% of the people who are in guardianship, I'd say. The people who are, who are stuck in there and can't get out are the ones who really need help, you know? And so that's why I think it's just got to change from the ground up fast. Can't be any, you know, can't just strip people of rights anymore. It's going to stop. And the problem is when it's become um, a, a for-profit, when it's relied exactly. on making a profit, that's where things tend to go wrong, the emolument. Yes. So who are you, exactly. I know who you are, but can you let our listeners know who you are and, uh, oh. and what got you involved and give us some oh, of your sure. background? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, on the, I'm a director of NASCA, uh, National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. And I started with a page called Boomers Against Elder Abuse about this topic. It got taken down. It was uh, banned. I've been banned from Facebook. <laughs> you know, I have to be under there under some other name. But anyway, I thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of it. I'm kind of proud of it. I had 185,000 followers, you know. They didn't like it. But anyway, I got involved because a friend of mine, uh, her companion of They've been together 14 years. They were away on a trip uh, to South America. And he was about, oh, he was in his late 80s, and she was in her late 70s. And they were on this trip to South America. They get a call, and hello, this is the New Mexico. Uh, this, is, this is a guardian in New Mexico. You've been ordered by the court to uh, be in a guardianship. And you have to get here, you have to get back here because your bank accounts have been frozen. Uh, and so you need to get back here because you can't spend any money anyway, you know. So it goes back. They have a, well, the reason it happened, was he only had one daughter, but she was concerned that he was having dementia, which he was. He was losing it a little. But that doesn't mean you need all this crap, right? She didn't know that. She goes to an elder attorney. That elder attorney is a pipeline to the whole system in New Mexico. And so he, of course, said, oh, I have a great idea. You, we'll just put your dad in guardianship. Guardianship, it's so warm and fuzzy. You're going to have somebody take care of everything, your health, his health, his finances. You'll never have to worry. 
blah, blah, blah. And he comes home and he's not allowed to the hearing because they, they say he's incapacitated. This is the emergency hearing, I guess. But then he also wasn't allowed to go to his regular hearing for permanent guardianship. So he never had a chance to, he couldn't do anything about that. It was just amazing. And he, uh, he, he had this company, uh, and I kept hearing about this from my friend. She's a really good friend. And I, as Kaz was saying, I was thinking, what, what, this can't be it. You know, it's not like I didn't believe what my friend was saying. It's just that I, I knew something was wrong, but I just couldn't figure out how it could work, you know? So finally, after a year, one day she, we were sitting at lunch and she burst into tears and she said, they're all just surrounding him like sharks and they're charging all this money and they're like working together. I don't understand. It's, it's like everybody knows what's happening except for Boris, which is his name, and me. And, and so I thought, well, maybe I better look at this. And so I started researching it and I could not believe it that you can just lose all your rights like that, like a nuclear bomb hits your life, removes all your rights. And that's the only alternative. You know, that's, it's either, it's either you're free or you're not, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And so that's how, that's how I got active in it. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. So, and then my mom was almost, my mother was almost put in a guardianship and uh, Tanya was saying, you know, if you're in a family crisis, just stop it. And that's what I did. I just, I realized I've this lady was selected to be mom's possible guardian. Right now she was just hired to do some tasks. And an attorney suggests, her attorney suggested it. Um, and one day she said to me, you know, if your family doesn't get along, you're not going to be able to see your mother. And I said, fuck you. <laughs> and, I, and I called my mom and I said, fire this lady. I, got, I need to I, apologize for that. Christian radio station. All right, we can't do that. Okay. Sorry. All right, so I, I, we apologize. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I'm, sure you've heard that, I'm sure you've heard those words before, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, it's a Christian radio so that there's rules and guidelines and whatnot. So, and I should have brought that up. Sorry. I didn't think such Sorry. a distinguished couple would have such a would have such a naughty mouth. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, I have potty mouth. I do. Okay. I have potty mouth. You, no, no, no. When you use a word like that, it is reserved for situations like this. Yeah. To, to exactly. And so and I, I told my mom. I, yeah, and I told my mom just fire her mom before it's too late. And, um, and she did. And that, and that's what saved us. And I just said, I no longer had anything to say to the rest of the family about the conflict. I just said, look, I won't conflict with anyone else. I just won't. And it settled down. Yeah. So uh, that's wrong. You just wouldn't put your mother through it. And, and then you knew that the situation would get worse. Yeah. Yes. And I think that what families need to remember is if they get into these kinds of conflicts is that your mom, will be, your mom or dad will be the one to pay for it. They are the ones who are punished. You know, really what it should be is the family should, somebody should say, you know, the family should be spanked or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Verbally spanked. Okay. 
Instead, they just come in and sweep and take your loved one away. And they're the ones who get really hurt. I mean, families do get really, really hurt by this. But most of them say, I'll never forget, this woman from New Mexico said, if I had known what this family conflict would bring, I would rather live with my mom in a tent in the desert than go through what we went through. Right. Right, but 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 how can you get your mom to live with, with to live with in the desert if somebody else has already occupied their mom and their homes, and, yeah, and you're exactly. not allowed, and you're not allowed yeah. there. And, oh, they're that saying that if they had no, they're saying if they had known what they know now, that right. they never would have gone to a probate court. That's basically what they're right. saying. Right, or it can because of the consequences. Engaged. Yeah, the the consequences. Wow. And families um, believe, families, families believe that, you know, and it's natural to believe this. You're going to go into a probate court or a court. You think it's a regular court, like somebody's right, somebody's wrong, and there's going to be a judgment based on proof and all this stuff. They believe that. They don't realize that actually it's just somebody's opinion. And when you walk before a judge with this conflict, they can't stand it. They've seen so much of it. They're very... You know, you could only get callous after, about it after a while. You see Johnny and Sally arguing, and, and their mom is sitting there, you know, or maybe not even sitting there, but they're wondering, well, what about mom? Do you care about mom? Right? They're really arguing with each other. And so yeah. the interventions right. happen that way. Yeah, and so and so there are good judges out there that are just going to hold it. I'm going to solve this problem right now. And they go and they make decisions based on the history of what they found uh, the things to be, and not necessarily listening to each individual situation and every little caveat in and out, you know, yes. and make, not always making the right decision, but not on purpose, as opposed yeah. to oh, there, yeah. are judges, there are judges. Uh, that will make the the wrong decisions, and that's on purpose because there's something in it for them. There's something in it for them, and we'll get into that a little bit more. So thank you very much, uh, Marsha, for sure. this phenomenal introduction as we've had so far with all of our um, the special guests that are on. And now we have, I believe we have one final Tanya. special guest. Yes. Yeah. Tanya, before you go any further, uh, we've just got a jam up audience night and I wanted to let people know I opened the chat room. So if you've got questions or comments, you can put them in there. We'll get them on air. Okay, go oh, ahead. I love it. Phenomenal. Thank you. This is this is an important subject. So it's jammed. Most of Marty's shows are, are jammed. Hopefully, you know, some of this is, you know, is new people are learning about, learning about it that need to that need to learn about it. So whatever, phenomenal. Glad to hear that. So Marty, you'll 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 take on those questions then, right? Because they're in front of you, right? Yes. <laughs> or yep. actually, yep. are they on the page there? They're on the page there where the comments should, are being yeah. made inside of. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll still leave that. I'll still leave that to you if if that's okay with okay. you. Uh, okay. Yep, that's fine. Um, Okay, so we have one more, and you know, I'll, I'll poke if I can uh, get into it. Um, but um, I, we have one more very special guest. I believe that's our, our, our last guest that's uh, uh, on the panel tonight. And Marty will let me know if there might be one more that was tentative. But we've got Lisa, um, Lisa Belanger, Bellinger. I'm sorry, Lisa, for um, messing that up. But you know, I've met Lisa personally, as I have. Um, 
uh, Marsha, and of course, you know, Marty. Um, again, Lisa was there at the whistleblower summit, but Lisa has got, you know, get out, get out your tissues. We won't get into her whole her whole story, okay? Because we need to get in farther on how to solve the problems and what we can do, but also educate our listeners as to what's happening. And I have some very pointed questions for for our uh, panelists tonight. Um, but Lisa, great to have you on. I appreciate you coming on. I know that you're a regular contributor, and it's been my honor and privilege to, to get to know you. And you actually stood by me and supported me when I went into um, a senator's office. You know, you're just there. You're just there for me um, when I went into a senator's office to uh, uh, in D.C. Um, to uh, being wrong, right. So and, and and everybody on this panel is of that character. It's it's not their own personal situations, and as you've heard, not everybody actually has a personal situation where it might have just you know it, it it's just when you learn about what happened that is personal. It is abuses on humanity, and Lisa, thank you for coming on. Can you please let our listeners know a little bit? something about you and and your degree as well okay well Tanya can you hear me okay I don't know if there's a if I'm having a problem with my uh headset can you hear me I'm okay? okay I'm okay okay yep you can you can hear me okay good <clears throat> well I, I'd like to thank you so much for you know asking me to be on with the most incredible warriors I know uh, and that includes you as well and so I very much appreciate, you know, you're giving me this opportunity to uh, help open some eyes. And I I probably won't be as um, <clears throat> nice to judges in terms of you give them the benefit of the doubt. But I'm here from my experience that systemically stops with the judges, and it's systemic. Um, but <clears throat> let me get back to me. Uh, I'm I'm an attorney whistleblower. I've been an attorney for uh, 25 plus years, and I uh, was introduced to the probate and family court system when my father, who was also an attorney, was uh, foisted into the probate court system, even though he had uh, advanced uh, written plans so the public attorney, wills, trust, the whole, the whole nine yards, and uh, through their elaborate network in this court racket, through the hospitals, the uh, financial institutions, uh, in my case, it was BNY Dellen, Brian Nagel, financial manager, who's now uh, with, uh, uh, I think it's called the Public Eagle. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll definitely get that bad name because I'm going to make him infamous. <clears throat> uh, so it's through this intricate uh, relationships of these uh, court-appointed attorneys uh, that that has uh, really uh, opened my eyes back in 2011. <clears throat> and as you said, you know, uh, really I want to get. <laughs> My my particular story, uh, we could we could uh, do a whole series on. You kept on but, your father from seeing your father. Is that correct? My it, it involved my dad. That's correct. 
And um, so and that's how I was first introduced into the system. Now, as an attorney, and as an appellate practitioner, not having dealt with that system before, I, I, I really, uh, I could have sworn that uh, the law did apply, but when I uh, was forced into that situation, I became the uh, person that they decided to attack because I challenged the sham process. And what made so, it what made it sham? What made it a sham? I know it, but I want our listeners to okay. know what made it a sham. The okay, fact well, that they actually took your father away from capable hands and thought well, that the it, system could do a better job, right? No, it's not that it's, no, it, it, exactly that. It's because these, it's a culling process. People are targets. The attorneys, private attorneys who work, uh, they're private counsel. They have these, you know, very sizable law firms. And they become court-appointed guardians or some other fiduciary rules like uh, conservator, uh, guardian item. And so there's this, like a Venus flycraft that once uh, that you become a target, they uh, overtly put you into the into that probate court system to oust the family and to make that person a ward because that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that's about the rich, money. okay? Percentage. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not just about the rich. People need to know that this happens to people of all financial. You know, whether you have nothing or billions, right? The, in fact, the bread and butter of this particular system are people who actually have probably very little financial wealth. The, what the, uh, the brunt of it is, is that if a person has received, is receiving some form of government benefit, whether it be from Social Security, SSDI, VA benefits, these uh, attorneys that throw you into the system, they built the money through Medicare and Medicaid fraud. That's how this system really, you know, churns along. And for the people who do have financial wealth, that's like the whipped cream and the cherry on top to them. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, so the people that have financial wealth can be targeted, very much targeted, um, to be in the situation that you, that your father and your family and what you went through, um, and and also, you know, on a different level, um, sometimes people are targeted when there's you know weak links in, in a family or when somebody actually has no family. The good thing can be that there is a system that can help them when the system is working the way it's supposed to, but the bad thing is there's a system that can take advantage of them. In your situation, there was, uh, there was a man of wealth, Marvin, your father, um, 
Well, Melvin or Marvin, I'm so sorry to insult you by not. Go ahead. Okay. Nope, it's Marvin. Marvin, no, it that's is, right. Free Marvin. I'm sorry, I changed Free that. Free Marvin. Okay, so you still have that web page up by any chance? Okay. So, well, that's a, that's a whole other story to have. But uh, my my website is thecourtracket.com. R A C K E T. Thecourtracket.com. And people can follow me uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's at, and it's T P C L J. And I'm not on uh, Facebook because I too have been banned, just like my wonderful friend Marsha. <laughs> wow. Banned permanently. Yeah, I'm shocked. I haven't yet, quite frankly. I, but uh, you know, I, I can't yeah, but you I deserve haven't. it. I don't. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been a few times. Don't get me wrong. You know, but but uh, but but somehow they they still let me back on. And I think it might be because you know I engage in some of the causes uh, that Facebook might be interested in, like the wrongful convictions and whatnot. That yeah. I fooled them thinking that I'm that uh that uh, that I'll play along with their games where the where the fact is no no I won't. I'm still very much against as we all are the public the public corruption. Um so um so they went so much and I know we're not here to get into everybody's individual story, but I want our listeners to know um before we have our, our, our next guest on, we do have another guest coming on in about five minutes, another panelist. Um uh and then we'll get into some uh, more of the pointed questions. Clearly, we're going to have to continue um, this beyond just tonight's special show uh, because this is, um, you know, we've got an awful lot to say and share, and I can't believe what time it is already. Um, but, um, oh, goodness, what was I going to say? Um, help me out here. I've lost my own train of thought. So, yes, they went That's out okay. and you have to fight so for your it. life. That's right, because this is exactly because in 2015, I filed a private federal civil racketeering action with mountains of evidence showing the, the exact way in which the probate and family court system is, in fact, a criminal racketeering enterprise. So here's the thing. And the reason why... Uh, they they have come after me so hard and uh, <laughs> no holds barred for retaliating against me be, uh, by the bar the mass bar is because the actual members of the mass bar are actually involved in in exploiting and murdering my father. The actual people who sit on that board, there are two members on there currently that have their hands full of blood, okay? And I have exposed them. And and, and you do not only expose them. You said no holes barred how they came after you. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know if I've ever seen, ever seen anybody like you with the kahunas to come out and expose them 
the way that you did and watching that clip, and I hope it's on that website uh, that, that yes, you have is. shared, everybody needs to watch that clip. And, and they, God forbid that the truth should come out. They came after Lisa a thousandfold times to go after her no holds barred except all based on lies, corruption, abuses. Just this is, if you want to really get a reality check, which every one of these situations is, if you want to, you need, you need to watch what Lisa, as an attorney, what she did, what she had the ability to do as an attorney, and I think everybody should have the ability to do as the people as a citizen with our constitutional rights that are turned upside down sideways and mangled and tangled where they are. Okay. Everybody should have the ability to self-represent in these situations. But what Lisa did was just absolutely tremendous, but she paid and she paid dearly. Well, my father, my father has been dead for two years and the very people who murdered him are involved in the estate administration, okay, which involves the chair of the Mass Bar, Jeffrey R. Martin, okay, and they, not only are they dragging their feet on uh, distributing the money, okay, they actually are involved in another matter, the Burns and Levinson, his his firm. He is uh, he is a managing partner, and they are involved in the the uh, documentary where I was featured. It's speaking about John Savinovich. Okay. All right. You let our listeners know what that documentary okay. um, is called. It was on Netflix. It was on. Were- it was aired by Netflix. It was the uh, name of the documentary was. Guardian Inc. and it was produced by it was Dirty Money. It was season two, episode five. Now, and that had been aired uh, in was it March of uh, 2020. I think and, it's been up. And, and and actually, if you can believe it, it had been up there, and. I got sued along with Netflix and the Boston Broadside. We were sued. For what this on that show and for Netflix. Oh, for telling the truth. (laughs) Because we exposed these attorneys, uh, which uh, the secret story involved, they were. The segment that I was involved in had to do with John Savinovich, a man from Needham, Massachusetts, who really had no family except distant cousins. And his his mother had passed away. He so he he never married. Uh he had taken care of his mother all his life. And he had acquired through hard work five properties. Okay, now Needham is a very uh, affluent town, and you know people are very uh, 
conscious about how their neighbors are. If, you know, generally speaking, if their grass is uh, maybe a, a quarter inch over the, you know, theirs, you know, that, that could be a problem. But, uh, I mean, it does get that bad, let me tell you. But in his case, he, he, he definitely did have a problem in terms of letting, letting his properties, you know, he was not keeping up with them. So, but basically, he got a letter from the AG's office threatening him mm-hmm. because of his shrubbery. And that is when the road to hell began for that man, okay? Mm-hmm. For years, the town had uh, kept on asking him to, or asking him, yes, that's a good way of putting it, no. They kept on trying to pressure the guy and bully him into selling his property. Well, I guess after years of the town trying to get him to sell his property, they were tired of waiting, and they used the AG's office to um, put his uh, house houses into receivership. Mm-hmm. And so when he got the letter from the AG's office, now he, he, he didn't know what to do. He goes to his bank. And he asked for help, saying, I, I, you know, I need some help here. Um, I, I don't know what to do in terms of being able to uh, get my property straightened out with the AG. Well, the person at the bank just happened to direct him to say, oh, I know the perfect attorney who can help you out. Yes. So he says, gives him the card or name to call up Peter Russell. Well, Mr. Russell, don't you know he, he's well involved uh, with the AG's office as well? And they, uh, th- that was just, he was caught into, the, into that system right from that time on. And that's he's now, how they... Is that still allowed? Can somebody still view that um, Netflix show? Or has that been... Well, re- te- technically they can actually. Uh, Netflix... Let's put let uh, the actual find show. Yeah. Oh well, that's a, uh, there's an exhibit in the court in Massachusetts. But from my understanding, uh, that there, I don't know. I don't have the exact link. But from my understanding, if you do go onto the internet, that the full series can be found for viewing. Okay. All right. So. So what we want to do is Google or DuckDuckGo, right? Um, it's, it's different web browsers. Look through different web browsers if you can't find it. Um, okay. Uh, the name of the, the – it's always Guardianship, Inc. It's Season 2, Love Episode 5. Guardi- Guardian, so Inc. Guardian, Inc. <laughs> Guardian, Inc. Guardian, Inc. And then go – Guardian, Inc. And because of that – and because of that – now, as I told you, the attorneys that are involved in that guardianship case are also the attorneys involved in my father's case. Last, this, just uh, a few days ago, I just got a second extortion letter that it actually, if you go to my uh, Twitter page, it's posted, okay, from the, uh, <laughs> from the, uh, uh, the conservator and the uh, guardian who in that case, the John Savinovich case, they are threatening me, saying that that 
there's a court order from the judge that says I owe hundreds of thousands of dollars for making these pe- people have to cover up what they've done. Okay? They're charging me just because John Severinovich John called me up. I didn't know him from Adam. I did not know him at all. You can go on my website. I've got his uh, the voicemail that he left for me. He's begging me. Uh, with a three to four minute voicemail explaining how he is being exploited by the attorneys. Okay? So, uh, and because of the situation that that uh, you know very much with my dad, so I thought to myself, okay, I'm gonna go in, go talk to him, and and see what the story is. So I talked right. with him, and it's shown by his voicemail, and the people uh, get to see again the uh, documentary. That man okay. speaks for himself as to how competent he is. Now, yeah. the mere fact, what a travel. So he. He asked me to be his counsel. I went in to be his counsel. The mere fact that I went there to become his counsel, okay, that was it. That 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 is what they're coming after me for because the mere fact that I put my nose of appearance in exposed these predators. And there's no legal grounds for that, but I'm sure they found a judge to try to go along with that. Okay, so we're okay. gonna right, so I, go go ahead, and then we're going to introduce. We actually have one more one more panelist, and then we'll use the second okay. hour and I'm gonna Tanya, ask some questions. Yes. Tanya, can, can I insert something here? Out there in Please Massachusetts, do. the same bunch that's pulling all this crap on Lisa, and just to prove how detailed and intricate and interwoven all of this is and how corrupt the Massachusetts judiciary just decided that the guardians have total immunity from being prosecuted because after all they're quasi court officers and well, so I'm they get sorry, absolute protection have immunity when they're corrupt wow yeah so they gave them immunity, or they tried that to. That happened because, and, thank you, thank you, Lisa, right? Lisa, no, but that happened because yeah. of your case, that they decided they had to protect their own. Oh, well, they've been protecting their own, yes, yeah, for a very a long, long time. time but right, yeah, for a long time, but uh, it, it's gone to such proportions that it's unimaginable. This is how unimaginable it is, but I'm going to tell you something. It's it's uh, on record. It's uh, in fact BD twenty twenty zero zero one three. That's a docket number that's dealing with my disciplinary action. Okay, SJC zero zero one three. So much so that the clerk of the highest court in Massachusetts, okay, I have raised the issue that they have, she has tampered with my actual docket, okay, of my disposal, tampered with my docket, okay, and with the assembly of records. Now, I've brought this to light, it's, it's 
filed and everything in this Supreme Judicial Court, the entire bunch of them are refusing to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, it, in fact, so it's a criminal offense, by the way. It, it's a criminal it, offense. It's a, and by the way, I reported it to Ma, uh, yeah, Maura Healy. In fact, I reported to Maura Healy this criminal alteration of the docket and as well as this criminal extortion uh, by Merrick O'Connell. You know what? Can I just say one thing? You know what really impressed me about your case that I just couldn't believe is that same attorney who's saying you owe, I don't know, a huge amount of money and said, you know, you could pay it, but if you don't, it's going to just keep, char- I'm just going to have to keep charging you fees to get it. No, no, but, but what's worse than this? See, he outright says in this letter, I, I didn't ask for search, and you, I know you don't have anything, but we know you have your, uh, your inheritance that's assigned over your inheritance. Yeah, unbelievable. Assigned over my inheritance. Uh-huh. My God, in writing, and I want to know why A.G. Maura Healy refuses to acknowledge this. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, I'll write this. I mean, no, I mean, I posted the letter. It's it's in your face. It is de facto criminal extortion. Okay, yes. and she's and facilitating it. Yes, it really does happen. This stuff really does happen, and you're you're like the poster case for this for this kind of a situation, for this kind of uh, of, of abuse, you know, elder abuse, and 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 just the the criminal extortion. Like you said, this is an amazing, amazing story that warrants many, many shows to e- to even start to begin to touch on it. Please learn more about Lisa's. And the others and that please, please call the AG's office and the Governor Charlie Baker's office and let them know that you people demand justice. They need to know that people out there, okay, are going to stand up and not be willing to take this. So anybody so, who's listening, did you not know that if you're listening through live stream, the the archive to this show is always available on, on, on you know, is, all, is always available, ppjg.me. But, you know, however you got on, whatever link you saw on whatever Facebook page or, or web page it, it is, okay, please know you can listen to this show and you can listen to all these other sources and all the, all the data that backs this up and everything that has been shared so, so far. Please, it takes Two minutes to make a phone call. It might take five or ten to write an email, but why not memorialize what you're asking for? All right, even better because we know that not all calls are go- are going to be logged in. Memorialize, 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 memorialize. Uh, forgive me. Uh, please go ahead and you know reach out to the reps, and I'm sure that Lisa's page does share how you can do exactly that. Lisa, we're going to move on right now. Stay with us because 
you know, again, you know, we'll have time only for a few pointed questions, but everybody is coming on here with something extremely valuable to share just how important, why this is a much bigger ordeal than probably 98% at least of the population knows. And hopefully some are being enlightened and will be willing to, you know, join forces to take action and to, to, to get involved with this. Um, so, Lisa, thank you. Stay with us. I hope everybody is still with us right now. We have uh, another uh, panelist coming on with us right now, and this is Mary Within, and this is this is Causes Cause, who was on earlier. Cause Within, and I hope I'm saying it pronou- uh, pronouncing it correctly. Within or Whiten, you guys can it's correct Witten. me. It is Witten. Okay. Uh-huh. So we've got Mary Within coming on, and she is literally. A rocket scientist. Now, why is a rocket scientist coming on to talk to us tonight? Stay tuned. We're going to find out right now. Mary, thank you so much uh, for for joining us uh, tonight. And can you please just uh, let our listeners know a little bit ab- uh, about you and, and, you know, your involvement? Yeah, so I was listening to uh, my sister. I thought she did a, a great job of uh, describing what happened with my uncle up there in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. It was pretty horrifying, and like most people, I was oblivious. I had no idea that guardianship abuse existed, and then my sister was finding, like, the National Association to Stop Guardianship page and the Boomers Against Elder Abuse page, and she's sending them to me, and I'm just reading it and just flabbergasted that this goes on, and I was oblivious. So... I'm so glad that Netflix has, you know, kind of showcased this. And I I was shocked because last time I did go on Netflix, I did notice that that Guardianship, Inc. episode was not there. So I am glad to know that if you search for it, you can still find it on the Internet. But I did not see it on Netflix mm-hmm. last time I looked. Um, okay. So you've got to try different web browsers because some are definitely in, you know, some are definitely blocking it, I would imagine. Yeah. But the I Care a lot well, movie Netflix, was nice. Yeah, Netflix took Guardianship Inc. down off of Netflix because of the lawsuit. But it was available mm-hmm. other places. So go from there. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it wasn't because I sold out. You you would never sell out. Not, not <laughs> one person here right now. Because we're principled people, and 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 uh, and there's more principled people out there that care just as much that are listening now too, and those that are on the cusp of wondering if this thing is real or not, if this really happens. We hope that you are now fully over the fence and that you do know that this is real, because you've got everywhere that you can uh, find it. Um, uh, that's been cited. Now, that as far as that Netflix ep- episode, it can be found, um, but you don't have it on your web page currently, Lisa, right? No, not yet, but uh, uh, don't be surprised if it does appear. I'll, I'll definitely uh, give the shout-out. Yeah, so you got it's playing whack-a-mole sometimes. It's playing whack-a-mole, you, you know, what they don't want you to know. But it comes creeping back up until they whack it back down, you just have to keep on trying because it's worth it. It is, is worth doing, is, is worth going through the pain. 
uh, of, of getting to a, a better outcome as long as it is a better outcome. And uh, so it's, you know, um, yeah. So, uh, okay, so Mary, can you please let us know what how this affected your family? Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, it caused it a great job. You're listening to your sister talk about it. You know, how did this affect your family? Uh, obviously, you concur with everything that you heard. What is it? What was it like from your perspective, and how were you involved in this? Um, so, even when all of this was happening, like I, my sister made contact with. She saw a horrible review about my uncle's guardian, a court-appointed guardian. Her name was Deborah Clock. She saw a horrible review about her online, and my nephew is good at the computer, so he figured out how to call these people up that left this review. And these people told us that she talked um, their grandmother into get to signing over her power of attorney to her, and then she changed up all her doctors, changed her medication, and she was dead within six months. And they had no control over any of this and this was like really alarming to us that we're like oh my gosh the court appointed someone like this so this prompted my sister because she was co-guardian at that point it prompted my sister to get all the medical records because she still had the authority to get the medical records at that point and then we're seeing that they were they did the same thing to my uncle it was right there in the medical records they took him off vitamin b they took him off folic acid. They they just took off all. Oh, they took away all his vitamins, and then they started giving him Haldol, and um, you know some some other medicines that that you so know. Why would you, you do that? Explain to our listeners what Haldol is, in case some don't know. Um, it's it's a I might pronounce it wrong, but it's like a, a psychotropic uh, medicine. And right there on the black label, it says don't give it to elderly people with dementia because you could kill them. It's, it's right on the label not to do that. And then yet, um, yet they you know, were prescribing him five milligrams a day, and it turned him into a zombie. He dropped 30 pounds, and then the, um, the nursing home administrator was claiming, oh, no, he hasn't lost any weight, and we have the pictures. And Mary, then is when it safe the, to say that their mission was accomplished? By doing that? Oh, yeah. It's a playbook. Yeah, it was a playbook. And we knew what the playbook was going to be because they have the, um, it's on the the NASDA website. It has the, it's on a soapbox. And it, it like, listed out exactly what happens. And it's exactly what happened was that soapbox that was was on that site about how they they, um, take away the mail they, you know, start limiting the contact with people. They change the medication, charge outrageous bills. I mean, it make was, up it stories was, why you should not be engaged in their lives. Yes, his, Tanya, his can I? Operandi. It's called. Yeah. Can I Marty, add something? I, in I, your, yeah. Yes. Um, she spoke of Haldol. Haldol is what is used every day in hospice, along with um, morphine. And it's it's Haldol, Ativan, Morphine. It's called a ham sandwich in her circles. They think it's funny. But it's the shot they start giving to preempt somebody's life. 
um, so a week's well, worth of these, if you can last that long, it, it's euthanasia. Held also on an elderly person in particular, damages the frontal cortex of the brain irreparably. So if they've got dementia, it will get worse. And the thing that when it's in conjunction with morphine, it starts suppressing the lungs. And so they, they, they'll get to the point where they actually are panting and uh, gasping for breath. And it's, oh, you, you know, they're in pain. We need to give them a shot, which is the kill shot. But this is done every day. That, that Glock person knew exactly what she was doing. And that is so premeditated. She knew it. And I've, I've got a question now that, that what you just said prompts this question. How many families, this is to the panel, just chime in. When I'm done with this, okay. How how many families are following this protocol because they have entrusted hospice and they have embraced the fact that they're trying to help uh, and wind up number one, not even knowing that what they are doing is rushing the death of their loved one, and there is nothing whatsoever that is humane about that in these cases, okay? And and number no. two, God forbid, it's almost like you, you don't want them to ever have to find out and live through learning that that's what they actually did, but they didn't know it. So mm-hmm. what, what yeah. do you guys have to say about this? Chime in one at a time if you can, please. I'm not going to call out names. Okay. I just know you all can handle Can I... <laughs> First off, you have to understand hospice changed in its format under Obamacare. And before anybody starts hollering about Democrats, it was the Republicans who insisted the provision be put into Obamacare. Hospice got an $11.5 billion infusion of cash to go from Good Samaritan to Grim Reaper. And they started the the massive killing started then. Uh, they get paid somewhere right around thirty thousand dollars a month just for that bed being occupied. If they turn it over two or three times, that's two or three times thirty thousand. But that's what it's all about. They are no longer. There might be some small local chapters that are still centered on you know just care and help helping, but nationally, no. They they are a killing machine. Go ahead. Okay, and my my interjection in in this and what you just said about Democrats and Republicans, you know, uh, Marty, you know, you and I both definitely have some differences in opinions in some things, but we also are totally on board with one thing for sure, and that is we're against public corruption. I don't think these instances have anything to do in, in these particular instances with parties. It's whoever is willing to engage what party. And whoever is in this kind of crime on humanity and whoever is not willing to do something about it, whatever they are, right. whatever party that they are, whoever, you know, that they are responsible. This is where we need to call out, out those that have the power to do something different and that don't. All right. So so the, the buck doesn't stop with a particular uh, party making it into office. This has been ongoing for, I, as Marty said, I over agree a thousand with that. years. With, and in this yeah. situation, what I, people I know, always refer to is, well, it was, it, yeah, it, people always refer to, well, that was the Democrats. They did. Uh, it was both of them. Understand that it's us against them and us is losing. And, and, and they work together. Everybody's Go responsible ahead. for it. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. This is where people do need to stand up because we have too much complacency going on. I don't want to turn this into a political show, but, but you know, so, so just to wrap this end of it up, and where there is complacency, they are just as responsible for those that are imposing these horrendous crimes of humanity on 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 our parents, on us in the future, mm-hmm. on on our loved ones, or your neighbor, or whoever it may be, whether you know them or not. Any kind or of yourself as you get older, yourself exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay, yeah. so. Um, so we've gone through a general introduction, you know, with everybody and heard and heard some tremendous accounts of the kind of uh, elder abuse that, that you, you know, now, hopefully anybody had a little question mark in their mind, you know, you, you, you know better. Um, so one of my questions is, is it fair to say that anybody who is coming of age, okay, of age in the elder category, all right, is at risk of elder abuse. And I have a, I have a yes. number of questions, and that might be a little rhetorical of a question, but does anybody have a different, uh, you know, is that fair to say yes? Yeah, I have a quick example out of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. So based okay. on the court records that we do have, if you don't have a lot of assets, you're usually appointed to a guardian like Carol Hershey, where they're going to make their money on volume. It's, you know, so they have people who don't have a lot of money. They're going to get a lot of Social Security. They're going to they're going to make their money on volume. Then there's other guardians, like what we believe Deb Clock is a, um, appointed to the wards who have larger estates. And so the judge is divvying, divvying out the clients based on the estate size. And so, yeah, no one is safe because if you don't have a lot of money because, we'll ha- oh, I don't have anything, I'm safe. No, you're not safe. Like we said, if you're collecting Social Security, you have any sort of a pension, you're on Medicare, you are a target because basically what it is, it's like throwing noodles against a wall. They're going to entrap whoever they can entrap. They do their asset search. If you're a high a high value, you know, like what do they call them in that movie? A cherry. If you're a high value, you're going to get, you know, a Deb Clock. Or if you're, you know, low value, which is probably going to be like a Mary Rowan, also there in Michigan, they're, they're going to make their money on volume. And what is it, Marty? She has 1,700 wards. So that's how, yeah. based on the court records that we've looked at in Montgomery the, County, the what we believe is happening. So they're doling it out. wives. I'm just interrupting here, so I want to make sure, because you said that so quickly. I want to make sure that our listeners hear this. So this is somebody that, for a living, okay, is in charge of people. Now, we've all heard about daycares, how many per, how many children per uh, daycare provider. Now, we've got Mm -hmm. one person that is in control of 1,700 lives, even if there were good intentions. How can that be a good outcome, even if there were good intentions? Now, let me ask you this, okay? Isn't it true, or am I wrong here, that there comes a time with those who really do not have anything to offer financially where nobody's getting a percentage of what they're managing or they're, you know, or uh, um, that, that there comes a time when there really is a, a clock 
um, if all you'll have is, a, is to say Social Security. But so, so what good are you doing right now? Instead, you know, you're just costing us money. You're costing the mm-hmm. government money. Uh, you know, you're sucking from the government. It doesn't matter whether you've worked all your life or it doesn't matter whether just you plain and simple have the right to live and die when your real clock is, 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 is there, when God taps you on the shoulder or whatever it is that your belief is and says, okay, it's your time. But, that when, but when you no longer are a benefit for being alive, because just say you, all you have is Social Security, but it's costing more to keep you alive, doesn't that shorten the lives? Of, of I would think so. I've yeah. heard a lot. Well, I have that. a perfect Is example. Your input on that. Do we have any other input on that question? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I have a perfect example of this. Okay. My father. Okay. Obviously, who had, who had multi millions at the very beginning of the court-appointed guardianship, the uh, general counsel for the elders service uh, agency that uh, actually put all this into uh, facilitation, she did a seven-year forecast as to that that's how long the money would last. They mapped it out for the judge in 2011 to the judge as to how long was my father going to, would his estate last? Right. Because they're setting a seven it down. Year forecast. A, yeah. a seven year forecast. Yeah. They, Even if they you pretty have much the asset, spend it down, make sure that you are bled, and then, sorry, you're not worth keeping alive anymore. So let's go ahead and give you that deadly cocktail. Who forecast that? That I mean, the fact you see, understand the the the, the height of uh, arrogance and, and uh, I mean, really, it's vile to actually. You've got a person that that you've just taken on as a ward, and you're telling a judge how long this person's estate is going to last. Right. What need to do a, a seven-year forecast? Why would you even think about doing such a thing? Other okay. than how, how much other, money was that a year? Because I know for my uncle, one year he they spent like five hundred thousand dollars in a year. Oh, so how much were how much were they forecasting? Oh, uh, it's a million dollars a year, basically. Oh my gosh. About a million dollars a year that wasn't going towards your father. Now there are oh. now. You're going to find situations, uh, for those that don't know, and and this distinguished panel can certainly confirm this and elaborate on it, where um, you've got all the money in the world, but yet, guess what? You have been budgeted. All of a sudden, you went from having control over your own money and had plenty of money to go get your hair done, get... You get your nails done, pedicures, whatever, something that you are entitled to because guess what? That's your own money, okay, to eat what you want to eat because that's your own money. But suddenly you don't have the right to that lifestyle anymore even though the funds are there for you to continue with that lifestyle that you do have the right to have. But they're taken they're taken away, and all of a sudden you're on a budget. 
And as a matter of fact, no, not only that, you're limited the amount of time, if, if you're even lucky, you can have visitors, you know, be, because they don't want, because they don't, in many circumstances, not all, once again, okay, but you're, you're limited to you know where, where you are, and also the phone calls. Your phone calls could be monitored. Now, why? You're not an inmate, or are you? Yes. Here's the modus operandi. You, Isolate, medicate, yeah. liquidate. Then terminate. Uh, then you know, the thing is, Tanya, what people find it really hard to believe, but it's absolutely true, is every time they go against someone and abduct them and put them immediately under and many times these guardianships or, or hearings are held without the victim being notified until after the fact, and immediately they start tapping their resources. They start tapping their resources and they everything from licking a stamp to writing a letter to making a phone call to traveling to the store, um, staring at the moon on a Friday night. Everything is charged to the estate. They force the and charged to pay and lawyer them. Lawyers yes, and pay them for attacking them. They are having, as I keep likening it, to having to pay to weave the rope that they're going to hang you with. Mm -hmm. Everything, every move these people make comes out of the victim's estate. Every bit of it is the sickest system I have ever seen. The very first thing they do, the very first thing that they do, what do they, they open up a burial account. Okay? It's the very first, one of the very first things they did for my father. 2011. He didn't die until, I mean, they were able to, uh, you know, uh, milk him out till 2019. But the first thing they did was open up a burial count, not to mention he already had his burial plans laid out. Yeah. All right. Marcia and I just recently did, did some shows on this about them selling body parts. This is a very lucrative business across the country. And we were talking, several of us earlier, about the fact that in many of these cases, exactly what you talk about, Lisa, they discard standing funeral arrangements that are already laid out how the person wants that to go. They, they toss that aside and make different ones. And then a lot of times the family or whomever is not notified for maybe weeks or months after the person passes away. And they say, oh, well, we had the funeral and, you know, don't worry about it. But I'm wondering if they are not in fact, because this is a lucrative, booming business. It's what keeps the abortion clinics alive. And, but how many of our elderly people are being sold off in part or whole after they've died to, to facilitate this? Um, we've got colleges, universities buying body parts. I mean, research institutes, they're big business. Big business. Yes. I think keep telling everybody. The place. Yeah, they've commodified us. The place, the place they have the commodified yeah, us. Right. Yep. Well, you know what's, you, you what's really, if you, looked at, if you looked at April Parks and, uh, you know, that guardian in Nevada who they found 27 urns of ashes in her storage yep. unit, if they did a, the body brokers, what they do is they just cremate a hand uh, and then they add, you know, other ashes, fireplace ashes, who knows what. And that's what they give the family and the body itself. 
gets uh, brokered out to these, uh, you know, whatever research or whatever. Not usually it's not. So usually it's not like universities and stuff. They're doing organ transplants, but not this kind of. Well, I don't know. Anyway, um, it, it's it's just an, it's it's just horrible. And these are totally unregulated private companies that'll come into a nurse uh, come into a funeral home, and they will tell the family, "We'll do the cre- cremation is expensive now. It's like seven thousand bucks or something. We'll cremate your." your loved one for free if you're you're willing to donate that his body her body to quote unquote science but they're not regulated nothing like that and uh the chat marcia what did they do with supposedly covid bodies whoa now that's a question for thought what well a lot of these body brokers were caught uh, selling stuff like, you know, uh, stuff with HIV in it, you know, bodies that are really diseased and, you know, just horrible things. No, so, no yeah. one is safe. Yeah, no one is safe. Wow. Okay, so so let me ask you guys. Um, so somebody who's got 1,700 wards, okay, like this one woman that, you know, we've talked about already a little bit. So – she gets paid more money because they're 17. How is she getting paid per body? Because that's pretty much all she cares about. Because the money is directed to her. She makes herself the assigned payee as their guardian on their benefits. So the check comes right no to her. Right. And, and no one watches them. What percentage she get? Who determines what? Well, no, here, here, here's, here's the way it would work. We don't know that they're really doing this, but... My guess is if it can be done, somebody's doing it. And what they would do is they just make a private arrangement with the with the funeral home. The body's brought to the funeral home of her ward or something. This is how it could work. Uh, and then the body broker comes, makes a deal with the with the guardian who can give consent to for this probably for this body to be used for science, and she gets paid three thousand. A body in the funeral home person uh, director gets a cut. That's how yeah, it works in the normal. And on that, she doesn't but, get paid while she is the the ward while they're still alive. What's that? And, and, well, and, yes, they do get paid. Right. So you could you theoretically theoretically you could make not to mention the malfeasance involved and the skimming and whatnot. Well, I mean, oh. the, nobody would have to know about this. You know, like if you look at Rebecca Furrell, she had a side deal with Advantage Health for $4 million bucks that she was getting paid for taking care of these patients through that hospital. She didn't notify the court of any of that. That's $4 million bucks she got. Plus, oh, some the, of her wards she was thing. charging twice. The, the, the judges do not – the judges don't even – you know, I, I don't even think they even look at it, but, I, but I'm telling you that a lot of the uh, way that these judges are getting paid is through real estate. 
Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. Selling off the that, real estate. So that for a fact, I know many that this has happened with, and some of them are even living in, uh, in the homes that they decided that they wanted to buy for pennies on the dollar. So, okay. So somebody just asked in the, in in the chat, would there be a way to call the county to do an audit about how the body is? Uh, Fine, you know, is is disposed of. On my my personal response to this, and chime in as well, others please. But my personal response would would be to well, you can always do a FOIA request, but you have to acknowledge the fact that they will tell you that due to privacy reasons for the family, blah blah blah. So you don't ask for the names of each individual; you just ask for the numbers. You just after the numbers. Does that mean that you're going to get the truth or that you're even going to get a reply? No, but it sure is worth a try. And if there's a lot of people that are trying to get that information, then that information should be compiled. And that's how you start to get somewhere. That's how you start to solve problems is when everybody's out for the same mission, the same answers, and people come together and then you've got a lot more than just one case or one nosy person or one angry person wanting to know the answers. That's how you get the answers, hopefully. Okay. Um, you were going to say something, Lisa, and then I'll ask another Well, question. I was going to say, often, oftentimes when, when families actually want to know what happened and they uh, want the state uh, – medical uh, examiner to do an autopsy, you let me know when, when someone's successful in actually getting that done. I'd like to know, and I actually wrote an article about that. It's on my website about how the uh, Massachusetts <laughs> AG uh, refuses to uh, help out families in that regard. Well, okay, there's, a case in New Mex- there's a case in New Mexico of a friend of mine whose mom died and she kept saying, I want an autopsy, and they wouldn't do it. Somehow she got her mom and took her to another state to get the autopsy done. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's yes. that yes. phenomenal. Yes. Right. How... Go ahead, Lisa. No, no. Uh, Marsha, Marsha, dead on. No pun intended. Dead, dead on. And now let's also, let's also keep in mind, um, as awful as it might sound, that um, hair DNA lasts for a while. You want to get some answers that somebody died of, potentially. You pull you pull some hairs out, and you go and you get that. You, and you, you go private. You go private because I'm, more often than go not, pro- the AG's office is not going to help you out. If anything, right. they come over up. Marty, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here listening. Uh, this that it should even get down to this. And another thing, people don't understand: when you go into a probate tribunal, and they've moved these cases out of state civil courts to remove the individual from the law, you are no longer covered by the Constitution. You have no rights to speak of. Now you'll watch the bar association will come out and say, you know, we're proud of the fact that people in probate get due. Due process. No, they don't. They don't get a trial by jury, which they would have had to do in a civil court in the state. And their excuse for creating this tertiary court system was that there were so many of these cases uh, that they had to do something. Otherwise, they would have had to have hired more judges and at least more courtrooms. 
Well, that's what you just did, isn't it? Oh, you created a whole new system here. And so you have no rights when you go in there. That's what you don't understand. You are a target. You've been targeted. You have been targeted, and you do not have rights. And we've had these hearing examiners. Rights rights taken away from you, Marty, right? Despite the fact that you have rights in the constitutional law, it's supposed to trump it all. Supposed to trump it well, all, uh, but it doesn't. That's it's, why they, they created these. These anyway. are established. These are established on the same basis that military tribunals are. Military tribunals are exactly the same way. They are separate entity. They have their own statutes, codes, and regulations. And as a GI or someone else coming into there, you have no rights. You can't claim the Constitution, but people don't know when they sign up for the service they are expatriated till their service is done. But that's a whole other thing. But they right. set them there. Now, if you have to go into civil court, you know, they had to take people into civil court. To get into civil court, there has to be injury to body or property, there has to be a crime committed. These people have committed no crime, and yet they are treated worse than, than murderers and rapists. They are treated like they are nothing but human trash. And the idea, this is a whole nether court system or prison system that is set up. This is like a, a tertiary prison system. We have the prisons for supposed criminals, this is the prison for the elderly with assets. Uh, um, we, one more thing, though, Marty. Not just for the elderly, okay? This is where it needs to hit no, home for people. Guess what? It's not just about the elderly because guardianship also happens to the same no matter what age. How about, think about it, right. people who have gone uh, into car accidents in their traumatic brain injury. Okay, so there's plenty of people on the guardianship in that respect. So I don't want people to think that it's just the elderly. Guess what? Everybody's a target. And and okay, we've got a go ahead, Marty. We've we've got a question from one of our people in the chat room, and it's talking about how dead people vote. Let me explain what happens is we have people called bundlers, and they go around and they collect all the death certificates and everything from nursing homes and obituaries, all this stuff, and they have all the relevant information. People who are under guardianship, I've noticed for years, I couldn't figure out why. Everything would be taken from them. Papers will say they've lost the right to everything except right to vote. Okay, so they can't handle their own money. They can't live alone, but they can vote. And I couldn't figure out, well, it turns out the bundlers go and collect all of these also. And then they have all their pertinent information. And they go and register all these people, both dead and under guardianship, who are technically dead. And they sell them to various attorneys and who sell them to political parties. And both Democrats and Republicans buy them. And they have people who sit and fill these ballots out and put these people's name on it, and this is how dead people vote. It isn't that nobody removed them from the roster. It's that they were intentionally inserted through fraud. And uh, we have many, many uh, people under guardianship whose votes were cast for them that never voted. Yes, thank you. That's but right. It, yep. Go ahead. Yep. And, and, you know, um, there's also 
many, many billions. I, you know, I, you know, a past career in the financial industry uh, that I was in every year that we would have social security come in and, and, and talk with us, um, you know, as, you know, the financial advisors out there, um, uh, you know, what we could count on and, you know, how we can help, you know, and, you know, they would add to like how we can help, you know, our, our clients, what they can count on. Is it stable? Blah, 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 blah. So we had this, this one guy in, in New Hampshire and he would come in every year. Great, great guy. Uh, come to find out his the last year that he was there, he kind of broke down and he said, this is not a stable system. You really, they, you, they cannot count on this. Now, I'm going to pivot over why I brought that up is because we have billions upon billions and upon billions of dollars that is being paid out. Who? Because these people have died. Where on earth is this money going to? In some instances, it can be other people that are, you know, intercepting the checks, other private people, you know, citizens, you know, just greedy people and greedy criminals. But what about the criminals and the administrations or whoever is handling this at the time? Why is it that we have billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars every year that is being paid out every month? For Social Security, when somebody is deceased, where is that pot of gold going to? Rhetorical, in, in, in a sense. <laughs> yes. Well, well, yes to, to the many guardians who don't uh, tell the Social Security that their ward is dead. Right. Well, yeah, and point. if you think about if, if you think about it. If you think about the the sets of ashes that were discovered on Rebecca Furl's uh, office and in April Park's uh, storage unit, why weren't those uh, buried? I mean, maybe she never declared them dead, right? I mean, she could just keep yes. their ashes for a Exactly. If they didn't well, have and family, maybe like right? most, maybe like most serial killers, which these people have to be to be in this business. Uh, she liked to keep trophies. Rebecca Furley did the same yeah, thing. So yeah. did April Parks. They kept urns of the people that died at their, you know, behest. And um, and that's what I think that was about. Why else would you keep them? And Because um, you wouldn't want just, people to know they died. You wouldn't have reported the deaths, but you had to do something with the ashes. So you just, nah, that doesn't make sense. And, and, and yet, yeah. Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because it's... Somebody's supposed you know to declare a deceased person, okay? And if it's never been reported, so that can be declared, okay? But yet if I found out, listen, we've got more than one hand in that pot. It's not just the person who is a guardian. We've got more than one hand in that pot, and that, that pot is network. Far, far and wide. So you know, we're solving the problems of the world. Here, or we're in, or we're finding out, you know, we're determining, making pretty good determinations or hypotheticals, uh, creating some, you know, obviously some things are facts here, but there, we have some pretty good hypothetical assumptions uh, that that do seem to add up a whole lot more than where, than than you know, uh, why are we so broke? Why is our Social Security 
um, in, in, in so much trouble. Well, it's the handling of it. It's the oversight of it. In my personal opinion, I don't care what office, what agency it is, that we need real, genuine citizen oversight that is rotating, not things that are stale, not that, not, not, nothing like uh, you where it becomes a breeding ground for corruption because somebody missteps and then somebody else finds out and they get their little hand in the pot and then all of a sudden everybody's got it, everybody else's back. But guess what? We need genuine overturning citizen oversight. And when these people aren't doing their jobs of what they've been uh, voted in to do, appointed to do, uh, you, you know, whatever it is that they are hired for, then they work for us. Uh, why on earth is it that we're being treated like we work for them? What's your input on that? Anybody? Yeah, I don't like the way they well, seal gonna... all the records. Yeah. Or they make them they make That's them another... difficult to obtain. So you, it makes it yeah. hard to oversee your local courthouse if it's hard for you to look at the records. And that's right. on purpose it's because that's that how this clerk, system. Ever give it to you? I think you have to pay. What I think, like say? down in Texas, I heard it's like a hundred, or I mean, a dollar a page if you want to have it printed out. So if you have a wow. thousand-page document, that's a thousand dollars you have to come up with. And talk about lack of transparency in terms of the uh, the closed hearings, okay? They purpose, this system purposely keeps it in the dark so people, the, the general public, won't be able to easily find out what's going on. People yeah. need to know to make sure that, you know, to, to ask for their uh, recordings, uh Best thing anybody could do is to try, if they have some, you know, a proceeding, get people in that courtroom. Well, quite okay. often you'll find thing the too, most controversial. You, you, like up there in Minnesota, where I came from. Go ahead, Marty. The other thing is estate planning. You see these law firms advertising, come to our meeting and let us show you how to avoid guardianship and conservatorship. Absolutely do not do that. They are databasing. And eventually they will get around to you. And this, it, everybody knows you go into probate. I don't care. Lisa found this out with her father being meticulous in his plans that had been in place for many, many years. These are discarded, discarded by the probate examiner. These are supposed to be inviolate. You're not supposed to be able to tamper with these. And yet his will... Trust, yep. everything was cast aside. It was set aside so they could handle his case. Everything. That's how they do it. And there sits this so-called judiciary on its rear end and says not a word. There sits our, uh, our senators, our representatives, and they say not a word. And this is done every day of the week. It is done to people. Um, yeah. The idea... The idea that these people, probate is supposed to become active only, only upon presentation of the death certificate. When they hold hearings without you there or the first thing that happens when you are there is you are stripped of your legal capacity, you just died. And this is the little key that they use to get around the law and what they're supposed to be doing. Well, we declared you dead, so we can do what we want now. 
But And the only thing that it's supposed to do is make sure that assets are distributed according to your wishes. And if there is no heir to be found, who should then inherit? And everything but that happens there. This is wholesale robbery. It is human trafficking. It is absolutely one of the most indecent, disgusting things we could be partaking in. And we found out doing these shows and having been involved in this all these years, they are doing this globally. They are doing it globally. There is a company called ICOR, capital I-K-O-R, who sells global franchises on guardianships and conservatorships with their byline being fast, easy, consistent money. You're all for sale, everybody. We're all for sale. And also, Marty, you know that. I've got to to make an an introduction here because I know we are coming to a close. So I have to 100% agree with what Marty just shared uh, and what all of you have shared here. I also have to say we need to keep in mind that not everybody – engages in the malfeasance, that there are good people out there. Being in the financial industry, I worked very close for estate, uh, with estate preservation matters and very effectively and saw through where the wishes did come through. I worked very effectively with accountants, with estate planning attorneys. Not every one of them is a piece of crap like what we're talking about here, those that do engage, and there are far too many that do. So you really do need to do your homework. Now, when you have a trust, then you're avoiding probate. But even the, even if you no, the wrong trust, no, you're I, not. No, no, you're not. I'm proof well, of well, that well, one. <laughs> our, 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 and that's another. That is for another discussion. But there's supposed to. But there, uh, from different experiences, different things happen that aren't supposed to happen. Okay. Right. So, but uh, I know you're an estate. Uh, I know you're an attorney. Okay, um, you know, and uh, so you know. So when things go wrong, anything can happen. When things go wrong, anything can happen. When things go right is and far few to far far not not as often as they should. It's you know sadly, then things then things go right. So you can't look at everybody as uh, uh, somebody who is going to just ruin your life and cause harm, because I don't want to discredit, um, you, you know, the, the good that all is being done with this advocacy by, by, by saying that, that everybody that, you know, is making a living off of, you know, good legal, good hard work, honest work is, is corrupt, because that, that can't just go forward that way. That's not going to benefit anybody. That's my personal opinion. It's my personal knowledge as well, because I've seen both sides of it. I've seen the corruption, and I've seen where it's also worked effectively. Uh, we're really, we're, we are running out of time tonight, but with everybody's permission and agreement, uh, uh, I'd really like to uh, continue this panel um, later on in in September. Is everybody on board that yes. we can continue yeah. this discussion? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I, I I really appreciate it because you, there's uh, I know that you guys have this going on every week, but I'd like to tap into some of the the listeners that just you know additional listeners if there are additional that aren't 
you know, that aren't aware of that. And and we got to, and the more that we get this word out there that this is actually really happening, then it's about solving the problems. How can we be a part of solving the problems? So I want to thank you, Mary. I want to thank you, Cause. I want to thank you, uh, uh, Maria, uh, Marsha, forgive me. I want to thank you, Lisa um, and Marty. Am I missing anybody right now? I, I don't think no. so. I want to thank everybody for for coming on tonight and and being the reason why I believe this is such a such a successful show tonight. Couldn't have done it without you. I want our listeners to also know um, that coming on uh, this Sunday at uh, seven o'clock Central Time. Figure out whatever time zone you're in on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's eighty nine point KLRB in Oklahoma and the surrounding areas eighty nine point nine. F, KLRB FM, forgive me, Stephen, for that, um, that you can tune in, and we're going to continue the, the matter with uh, George Gates, an innocent man on death row, as well as Julia Jones, whose, whose death has just been uh, moved up. His execution date has just been used up, been moved up when he is actually in an unprecedented commutation process. They are moving his death date up. Why? Because of cover. Okay, and I also want to invite our listeners to tune in this Tuesday at 7.30 Central Time, figure out what time it is for you, please, um, to tune in. And we're going to talk more about the jab, about ivermectin, about what is going on in our world today. We're going to talk some politics. We're going to talk some some public malfeasance. We're going to talk about these very hot, hot, hot subjects with Stephen Burke and James Treat, regular contributors um, on my show uh, and on Marty's uh, 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 station. So I want to thank our listeners very much for tuning in, and uh, we hope you keep tuning in. Uh, You can follow me, and I've got a bunch of pages, but I'm just going to share.